friends, and welcome to the Seeker Podcast at Service of Change, where we challenge reality, question that which we've been taught, in hopes of inspiring a new direction of thought to bring about change. I'm your host, Dennis Nappy II, with Service of Change, where you can read my book for free, I Am Human, and we are not who we think we are, just by going to serviceofchange.com slash human, enter your email address, and you'll be subscribed to the free weekly Seeker newsletter with lots of great exclusive content and updates from the weekly podcast as well. Lots of great stuff to get to uh, on this week's show. I'm going to talk about the power of the sun and its effect on human behavior and human health. Some great studies that I just came across um, with, with some really powerful and insightful information that ties into a lot of the research that I'm doing for food for the archons and the connections that it has and uh, in understanding the manipulation of human behavior uh, to produce that, that negativity and that suffering that we're seeing. Uh, that I've been talking about uh, adamantly in uh, in a lot of my previous shows. So you're going to want to stay tuned and listen to this. I'm going to have links to all these studies that I'm going to go into uh, in the show notes at serviceofchange.com. But uh, what I'm starting to see here is what was once considered uh, spiritual, esoteric, the hidden stuff. Science is actually now catching up, uh, finding ways to explain it. And it is downright magical, uh, you know, but now we can put it in some scientific terms to understand the mechanisms, uh, but it's still some pretty fantastic stuff. It's amazing how it's all connecting. Before I do that, I want to jump into some things that are in the current events right now. Uh, I share as much of this as I can on the Facebook feed. There's a lot more uh, out there through my Facebook feed that I can't always get to on the show, so if you haven't done so already, please be sure to like that page, uh, facebook.com slash truthseeker, T-R-U-T-H-S-E. E-I-K-E-R. I try to put a lot of interesting things that come my way up there for uh, for all of you out there. So I'd love to connect with you that way as well. This first article I came across, school replaces detention with meditation and goes an entire year with no suspension. This is found at uh, Minds.com. Again, all these articles will be in the show notes at servicechange.com for this episode. Baltimore's Robert W. Coleman Elementary School has taken an interesting step in the way they handle troublemaking kids. Anytime a kid goes too far, they're sent to the mindful moment room where they undergo breathing exercises and talk through it with a counselor to reflect on what they did. The room is decorated with bright colors, plush purple pillows to sit on, and lamps. 
making it stand out in contrast to the Bland Detention Hall. Since the program has been initiated, the school has reported zero suspensions. I think this should be implemented in every single school across the country uh, and around the planet because there are so many wonderful benefits to this. As a teacher, as a teacher in high-need schools, working with high-needs students, I think this would benefit them tremendously. So uh, pay attention to that article, uh, and there's other studies out there as well. The next one here, uh, this just came across my feed today, September 30th. Um, Goodbye, Rosetta. Spacecraft crash lands on Comet in epic mission finale. Uh, For those of you that have been following this story, again, this is from space.com. Let's see here. Darmstadt, Germany. For the last two years, the Rosetta spacecraft has danced around a comet. Today, it finally made contact with the icy body and sent its last signal. The European Space Agency's Rosetta probe ended its historic mission with a controlled descent to the surface of Comet 67P. I don't even know how to pronounce that. Tryomov Guriskamenko. Early this morning, September 30th, scientists here at the European Space Operations Center received the confirmation of landing from the spacecraft at about 1.19 p.m. local time. Uh, I can announce the full success of this iconic descent, said Patrick Martin, Rosetta mission manager, as he declared mission operations ended. Farewell, Rosetta. You've done the job. That was pure science at its best. Fascinating. Uh, There's photos up through space.com. Looks like there's some video up there. Again, that will be in the show notes. You're going to want to check that one out as well. Something else I just came across. uh, Study shows a link between the love hormone and spirituality. This is at uh, dukechronicle.com. New research shows that oxycotton... Uh, I'm sorry, oxytocin, tocin, I'm horrible at pronouncing this stuff, commonly known as the love hormone due to association with social behaviors, may also boost spirituality. In a study originally published in June, researchers led by social psychologist Patty Van Capellen investigated the link between oxytocin and spirituality. The study involved 83 men between 35 and 64 years old who were asked to self-report levels of spirituality after a nasal intake of oxytocin. Participants Pitts reported a greater sense of spirituality both shortly after the intake and one week later, according to the study. Oxytocin is not the spiritual hormone, but but oxytocin is part of the biological foundation of spirituality. The takeaway is that spirituality is supported by our biology, explained Van Capellen, who is also the associate director of the Interdisciplinary and Behavioral Research Center at Duke Social Research Institute. The, I, I, I'm, this is the first that I'm reading this article. The heading, the headline just caught me, so I threw it in the in the notes last minute as I wanted to go through this. But this ties into a lot of what I want to get into uh, with the show this evening, um, talking about the importance of kind of the unseen factors and the connections that the human body has to the universe around us. And this is reminding me a lot of the work of Terence McKenna and the uh, you know the connections he has with the uh, Amanita muscaria mushroom, uh, you know, t- among many other psychedelic substances. But the human body, I think, with the right stimulants, is wired to tune into like an instrument to the environment and have that higher spiritual connection. And again, this is another example of how we're starting to see the science behind that. And that's one of my driving goals uh, as an author and as the host of, of the podcast is to take 
not so much the mystery, but take the, you know, take this understanding and present it out there saying, this is real, and now it is becoming measurable. Uh, where before it was kind of talked about as well, that's kind of the esoteric realm. We can't really prove that stuff. Well, it's happening, and it's happening in our lifetime right before our eyes. It's what the ancients have known. They had an explanation of it in different terms, but now the language of science, I think, is starting to catch up with the language of spirit, and they're starting to to melt together. So it, it's really fascinating to watch this uh, to watch this play out. Uh, coming to us from another article from uh, csmonitor.com. Earth CO2 levels, have we crossed a point of no return? Uh, the annual low for atmospheric concentrations of carbon dioxide has crossed the 400 parts per million threshold, a level not seen for millions of years. Uh, they're saying it may have passed a symbolic threshold as the global climate continues to grow warmer. They're not expecting it to... Uh, to go lower than that again. Usually September marks a low in the amount of carbon dioxide in the atmosphere. This concentration sets the bar over which levels of the greenhouse gas will fluctuate throughout the next year. But this September, CO2 levels are staying high at around 400 parts per million. And many scientists think we will not see levels of the greenhouse gas drop below that threshold within our lifetimes. Now, I know this will tie into the climate change global warming debate. I don't know how it fits in there. I'm not well versed in that subject, but I know there's a lot of controversy going around it. Uh, At the end of the day, the climate seems to be changing. I think the argument is, is it man's fault or is it just a part of a natural cycle? I tend to lean towards these are natural cycles. Man does have somewhat of an impact on it, but I think it's more uh, natural processes that are playing out. So uh, keep your eyes open on that. Again, in the show notes, uh, <clears throat> here we go uh, from WND.com. Police helicopter captures UFO on a thermal camera. Southwest police are still scratching their heads over the UFO that appeared on one of their cameras last Saturday, reports the Daily Mail in Britain. Officers flying in a helicopter across the Bristol Channel around 9.30 p.m. local time became aware of the mysterious object when it showed up on the aircraft's thermal camera. It was not visible to the eye, nor did air traffic control detect the unidentified object. The helicopter's altitude at the time was 1,000 feet. It's difficult to judge the size, but we filmed it for just over seven minutes, the police tweeted, while requesting suggestions from the public as to the object's identity. Things are strange that are in the sky. Last one here from mirror.co.uk. Disc-shaped UFO caught on NASA cameras floating over Earth, adding fuel to a new to new alien conspiracy theories. Alien hunters are claiming that the space agency stream shows out-of-this-world activity above our atmosphere in new footage. Uh, A disc-shaped UFO has been filmed by NASA cameras entering the Earth's atmosphere, or so alien enthusiasts believe. The latest sighting of space activity has been shared online as a large UFO in a disc shape appears to drift by the camera. Uploaded to to YouTube by UFO sightings, the craft appears to have an indentation at its rear. The poster clearly believes it's an out-of-this-world close encounter, calling the video new NASA uncut footage shows clear UFO. You can see that video and this article again in the show notes at serviceofchange.com for the episode. Lots of really interesting stories, which just goes to show us there is more going on in this world than we realize. If we can pull ourselves away from the Brangelina divorce, if we can stop being so hyper-focused on the 
political debates, in my opinion, which are quite staged as another distraction from things that are more important, the uh, protests between police and the Black Lives Matter. They are designed to get our emotional output focused on that so we cannot focus on the emotional connection we have, the energetic connection we have to this universe around us. In the current events I shared just now and in the, in the articles I'm about to get into on this episode, uh, you know, we're going to see that there is an actual connection to this universe that we have that we in many cases are denying ourselves because we're so hyper-focused on everything else, all these distractions out there. So, what I want you to do right now is stop looking at Facebook, stop looking at whatever it is you're surfing around at, and just listen to what I'm going to talk about here, because it's important for us to be aware of these connections that are out there. Now, this journey is personal to me, uh, and one of the reasons that I put out uh, the first book, the free ebook, I Am Human and We Are Not Who We Think We Are, as I'm writing book two, Food for the Archons, I'm amazed at how much of this started with an intuitive thought in my mind. And I explained that in the first book. And it's so important because, you know, throughout history, people have claimed to have had these spiritual experiences. And sometimes great religions are found in those spiritual experiences. Sometimes people are looked at like a complete and total madman. When I listen to David Icke and the things that he's talked about and how far he has come, I'm so inspired by that man because I've had similar experiences. And this doesn't make me or David or anybody else any more special than any of you out there. The main difference is, I think, some of us talk about it, some of us don't. Some of us are aware of these experiences, some of us dismiss them. But we all either have them or are capable of having them. It is a natural part of the human condition. So I want to preface that as I go through this, because although I'm sharing my personal experience, this is something we're all capable of. And the research that I have in Food for the Archons will detail that uh, quite nicely in explaining it. This is a natural part of the human experience that we are actually just denying. And other forces, parties, organizations, whatever you want to call it, are are helping us to deny this connection for their own selfish and sinister reasons. So, stepping back into that book, I was trying to understand this reality, this world that we live in, and I just got to download a thought, just a mess of understanding, but it was all intuitive. My whole journey, things have come to me through my intuition. And there's an actual mechanism that I'm starting to understand that's tied into this electromagnetic field that our heart generates, that's generated by the sun, that's generated by the earth. And there's great uh, information on previous episodes. I'll have it in the show notes. But the social coherence episode, the Maharishi effect episode, the Trump effect episode that I have really goes into great detail. So I I won't go into all that backstory right now, but check those episodes out at servicetochange.com. Check the show notes for this episode because the links are going to be in there. you're going to want to listen to those shows if you haven't done so. I refer to them often because they're important to understand. But what I was seeing was, you know, I, I, trying to understand this, I, all I can say is I, I, a download of information came in the form of a metaphor for me in trying to understand our reality. 
And I, at the time I raised fish, and I talk about this in the free ebook, so please, if you haven't done so already, please download that and, and check it out. But I had fish. Uh, they were called, they were tiger barbs. You know, they were orange and black striped fish called tiger barbs. And I suddenly got this connection that, well, these fish swim in my tank all the time. And, you know, their understanding, from my vantage, their understanding of reality is, you know, flake food appears at the top of the tank. When I show up at the tank, they would start racing around the tank because they'd be excited because I'm getting ready to feed them. And that was basically their life. They, they, when, they'd, when they'd sleep, they'd actually sleep kind of upside down, which I thought was kind of cool. But that was pretty much it. They swam around the tank, they ate, they pooped, they slept. And that was it. Now, I, at, at the time, I was trying to get them to breed. So I, I, I wanted to, you know, I did some research on, you know, how to make fish breed. And I came across a lot of things that really caught my attention. If you change the pH level of the water, it has an effect on their levels of aggression. If it's too, and I may be off in my facts, but the concept is 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 solid. You know, it'll affect their level of aggression. If it's too high or too low, they'll be more aggressive or less aggressive. The temperature of the water has certain effects on them. The type of food you feed them has certain effects on them, and all, and you can you can tune these different elements surrounding the fish to influence their behavior, to cause them to want to mate, to cause them to want to be more aggressive or tired or whatever. And it suddenly hit me one day, wow, what are we being hit with as human beings that's influencing our behavior? And are some of those elements being intentionally directed at us? And that's my premise with food for the archons and what I'm finding is there is an intelligence out there that is sometimes manipulating some of these uh, forces out there, these elements out there, these powers that are out there. I know they sound mystical terms. I'm trying not to use mystical terms because there's scientific terms behind it that I'm going to get into uh, you know, in a minute here. But my point is, there's things that we do, there's moods that we get in, there's thoughts that we end up having that may not be completely our own. They may be manipulated by natural occurrences of the earth and the sun, or they may be the influence of another intelligence that's intentionally directing these energies in our direction. And I'm seeing that with this political debate, and especially with the Black Lives Matter and with the police conflict, what's going on between them, and all the drama that's coming out. That's what I'm seeing from an energetic perspective. These forces also have an effect on human health, which is important. And I want to talk about the power of the sun. Now, throughout history, there have been numerous gods attributed to the power of the sun. You know, namely, uh, you know, if you look at Egypt, Ra, who's the sun god, he was one of the most important gods in the Egyptian pantheon of gods, because they believe that every night, you know, Ra was eaten by the sky goddess, uh, and reborn every morning, you know. But at night, he would go into the underworld and he would battle Set, and travel to the underworld, and emerge victorious the next day. And the sun brought light, and it gave life to the world. But it does more than that. And there's some great stories and great, you know, tie-ins to the gods. I'm not. This show's not about the gods, but there is. I think more to the power of the sun, the sun god or the son of God as that you know as that may have translated to into uh, Christian traditions. But let's look at the science behind that in uh, 
following every day. I check, um, you know, suspicious observers. You know, they're also affiliated with spaceweathernews.com. They've got some awesome, awesome research coming out tracking uh, space weather emanating off of the sun. Now, I'm a mere amateur, and I'm trying to uh, get caught up and understand the science of what they're putting out there. But they've got some great papers, um, <clears throat> great research. They're now taking their understanding of solar activity and they're predicting earthquakes with it and they're pretty accurate i think their accuracy is in the like the 80 percent range if not higher um which is is huge so they're working on you know getting this word out there they have a disaster prediction app that's coming online i think sometime this winter uh, i will have their links um you know in through the service change.com uh show notes here uh, but so you definitely want to check them out. So some of these articles uh, they shared through their you know through their feeds over the past week, uh, and, and it just ties into a lot of the research that I'm doing. So I'm all excited about it. Again, it's that intuition piece, you know, uh, in food for the archons. The intuition has led me saying, hey, there's a parasite that's feeding off of human energy, and the manipulation that they're using is this electromagnetic field. Now we're finding science showing well, it is possible through the manipulation of the electromagnetic field to have an impact on human health, human behavior. Um, you know, and, and I'll take that a step further and say human thought. And you know, I'm going to make a loose connection to that in some of the science that I've that I've come across uh, tonight. So I'm just I'm going to have the full articles, the full journal articles uh, in the show notes. I'm really just going to read the abstract just to kind of you know give you guys my uh, you know the listeners out there an understanding of what I'm talking about. There is something here. There is a connection here. Uh, and so I'm excited because it ties into what I'm looking ties into my piece of this, the parasite piece here. Um, you know, this is, I think, the sum of the science behind it. So, uh, you know, the first article that I have here, uh, let's see here, it's called Clinical Cosmobiology, Sudden Cardiac Death and Daily Slash Monthly Geomagnetic Cosmic Ray and Solar Activity. It's called the Baku Study, 2003 to 2005. And uh, real quick, just the abstract, uh, part of results of collect collaborative studies for revealing an influence of the periodical changes of solar geomagnetic and cosmic reactivities on the sudden cardiac death or SCD mort- mortality is described in this paper. The data covering daily and more uh, monthly temporal distribution of SCD, 788 patients in 36 months in 2003 to 2005, taken from all of emergency and first medical aid stations of Grand Baku area were analyzed and compared with certain cosmophysical parameters. It was obtained that SCD is higher on the highest uh, and lowest daily levels of geomagnetic activity. Days with SCD are accompanied by higher cosmic ray uh, neutron activity. The monthly number of SCD was inversely related to solar and geomagnetic activities uh, while was positively linked with cosmic ray activity level. It was concluded that cosmic ray activity could be considered as one of the regulating external slash environmental factors in human homeostasis. So they're finding these connections between this solar activity. And this science is above me. Um, but people much smarter than me are now understanding a connection between solar activity and uh, you know, sudden cardiac death. That's awesome. That is, oh, it's not. It, it's awesome that we understand that. You know, um, there's things we can't see 
that are flying through space, flying through Earth, hitting our own energetic field and affecting our health and in some cases causing death. Now, again, I'm not a scientist, I'm not well-versed in this, but one of the things I think about when I hear this is, okay, once we understand this, once we understand the, the frequency or the power of this signal, this, this electromagnetism that's coming out, can we generate a field of our own through technology that will circumvent these negative effects? Maybe it's something as simple as wearing a wristwatch that's, number one, sensitive to these energies, number two, puts out some type of counter signal to protect us against that. And I'm excited about that as I go on to this. I want to come back to that theme because... You know, again, I'm not a fear monger. I like to present the problem so we're aware of it so we can find solutions. And I'm hoping, you know, uh, minds more scientific than mine and people who are well-versed as engineers can help develop technology to help us in this struggle to better humanity and protect us from a lot of this negativity that's out there. So this next uh, this next one's an article, and it's a simp- The Impact of Solar Flares on the Human Mood and Psyche by Jacqueline Marshall. From uh, This is from September 15, 2014. Um, it's from uh, Calm, Digging News, uh, Calm Digging News. I don't know if I'm saying that right, but I'm sorry. Commun- it's short for community, Communities Digital News. I was reading the, the address. Communities Digital News. Here we go. Uh, so Washington, September 15th, 2014, uh, they're talking about solar activity that was going on at that point in time. They make some jokes about tinfoil hats, but you know they, they reference here, they say, uh, the solar effects from 1948 to 1997, the Institute of North Industrial Ecology Problems in Russia found that geomagnetic activity showed three seasonal peaks each of those years, March to May, uh, in July, and in October. Every peak matched an increased incidence of anxiety, depression, bipolar disorder, and suicide in the city of Kirovsk. I gotta stop picking places with names I can't pronounce. One explanation for the correlation is that solar storms desynchronized our circadian rhythm, which is our biological clock. The pineal gland in our brain is affected by the electromagnetic activity. Time out here. Now, the pineal gland is linked to third eye and psychic connections and all that activity that we use to expand our consciousness and connect with the universe. So again, tying it back to my research, the electromagnetic field, I think is our our uh, our mechanism to connect to higher psychic thought and connections to the universe and to other dimensions and, and consciousness and out, everything that's out there. So here we're seeing now that the sun is able, or these you know, solar effects are able to influence that process. What does that show? It shows that we can manipulate those fields around us. If it can have a negative effect, I'm sure we can manipulate it to have a positive effect as well. And that's what I'm interested in here. Uh, and they go on to explain some more of the you know, the biology behind it. it. Says this causes the gland to produce excess melatonin, and melatonin is the brain's built-in downer that helps us sleep. Uh, the circadian regulatory system depends on repeated environmental cues to synchronize internal clocks, says psychiatrist Kelly Posner of Columbia University. Magnetic fields may be one of those one of these environmental cues. This again for me, is huge. It's why I'm so excited about coming across this science now. 
because I think it's these envi- this environmental connection that I've tapped into to gather this information, to draw me to this information. They say, you know, a lot of times you put it out there in the universe and you get the answers that you want. Well, this, I think, is the tip of the iceberg in the science behind that. Again, it's a two-way street. You know, these are having this negative effect. It's this depressing effect on the body, um, you know, on our, on our biological systems that's causing now these side effects of anxiety, depression, uh, and suicide. Uh, I have another article here. I'm just going to read the abstract of it. Uh, Again, looking at technology's effect here. It's the acute effects of exposure to the electromagnetic field emitted by mobile phones on human attention. Uh, This is dated, uh, the website from 2002, journals. uh, I'll have the link here, uh, again, in the show notes at servicechange.com. But this abstract says... The aim of our study to investigate the effects of acute mobile phone exposure on a range of tasks which tapped, tapped capacity and processing speed within the attentional system. 38 healthy volunteers were randomly assigned to, to either an experimental group which was exposed to a connected mobile phone or a control group in which the mobile phone was switched off. Subjects remained blind to the mobile phone status throughout duration of study. The experimental group were exposed to an electromagnetic field emitted by a, a 900 megahertz mobile phone for 30 minutes. Cognitive performance was assessed at three points prior to mobile phone exposure at 15 and 30 minute post-exposure using six cognitive neuropsychological tests. Digit span and spatial span forwards and backwards, serial subtraction and verbal fluency. Those were the, the, uh, the tests. Significant differences between the two groups were evident after five minutes of, on two tests of attentional capacity, digit span forwards and spatial span backwards, and one of processing speed, serial subtra- uh, subtraction. In all three instances, performances were facilitated following mobile phone exposure. No deficits were ev- evident. These findings are discussed in terms of possible, possible functional and neural anatomical bases. So if I'm reading this study correctly, it looks like mobile phone use, uh, there's finding a significant difference between the two groups, uh, you know, with atten- uh, of attention capacity and processing speed. So it looks like there is some kind of uh, impact with these, uh, you know, the electromagnetic field coming out of your, your mobile phone. Again, you can find a link to look more at that, uh, you know, in the show notes for this episode. The last study that I came, uh, came across here, uh, this one, it's in, part of it is in a foreign language. Uh, basically, it asks, do electromagnetic fields affect behavior? A demonstration of the relationship between geomagnetic storm activity and suicide. So in the abstract, again, uh, it states, the relationship between ambient electromagnetic fields and human mood and behavior is of great public health interest. The relationship between AP indices of geomagnetic storm activity and national suicide statistics from Australia from 1968 to 2002 was studied. AP index data was normalized so as to be globally uniform and gave a measure of storm activity for each day. A geomagnetic storm event was defined as a day in which the AP index was equal to or exceeded 100 NT. Suicide data was a national tally of daily male and female death figures where suicide had been documented as the cause of death. A total of 51,845 males and 16,327 females were included. 
The average number of suicides was greatest in spring for males and females and lowest in autumn for males and summer for females. Suicide amongst females increased significantly in autumn during concurrent periods of geomagnetic storm activity. This pattern was not observed in males. This suggests that protuberations in ambient electromagnetic field activity impact behavior in a clinically meaningful manner. The study furthermore raises issues regarding other sources of stray electromagnetic fields and their effect on mental health. And this was from the Journal of Bioelectromagnetics, ISSN 0197-8462. Again, the link to this will be in the show notes for this episode at serviceofchange.com. So what we're seeing here is a relationship, it seems like, between the geomagnetic storm activity and rates of suicide among females. Now, I'm sure there's other factors involved, and it seems like there are here. My point is, this is the tip of the iceberg here. And when we're looking at all the craziness in this world, I suspect with the research that I'm doing is that the manipulation of these fields, these electromagnetic fields, is playing a major role in it. Now, is that manipulation just a natural cycle? Well, if you look at you know some of the historical accounts, the ancient history, they talk about you know the golden eras, the dark ages. There's peaks and valleys. I think some of the Vedic texts out of India talk about that. This may be a piece to that. There may be a component to that. Now. If this is simply a natural cycle that has this effect on human behavior, human health, human emotional states, you know, I mean, I mean, who knows? Maybe if a large enough storm comes through, that could account for mass die-offs of, of animals and species and unexplained deaths from for, for millions of you know of of people during the you know the previous worlds, the previous societies, previous civilizations. Maybe that's a possibility maybe our understanding of these fields like i said maybe we can create our own form of technology beyond a faraday cage that's going to shield us from this type of of, uh, electromagnetism again maybe it's going to be something as simple as a wristwatch or something the size of a cell phone that emits a counter signal to protect us or to enhance our connection to this universe around us that's what that's the possibility that i see out there so although there's some scary stuff here saying hey there's unseen stuff out there that could cause us to die i think that could be motivation for the potential that we have out there uh, that i want us to pay very close attention to now what i suggest in food for the archons and my research out there is that there are um, there are species out there there are uh, what is it e- entities out there there's consciousness out there there's a force out there just beyond our perception that is has influence over us and I think it's the manipulation of this electromagnetic field now that ball starts rolling in I'm human and we're not who we think we are but I really go into detail exploring the existence of this of this parasite and the way in which that it's you know manipulating uh, human behavior to get that sadness to get that uh, you, know, you know that that loneliness feeling that chaos is it it might be driving people to to suicide it might be driving people to depression I've experienced it myself again when I go into in great detail you know in my research um, so I'm excited about these studies because it's it's you know scientific you know, in scientific journals, we're finding it's more credibility now than if somebody says, 
And for me, I think it's equally as credible, but when somebody says, well, I learned this from an ancient Native American myth, as many of us truth seekers out there are connecting these dots and seeing the science that the ancient cultures had, they just used a different language to explain what now our science is starting to catch up to. So I'm excited about that, and I think this gives us a lot of hope. I could go on forever about this, but I know I've already gone longer than I wanted to for tonight's show, but that's okay because this is some great information. So please, if you haven't done so already, check out the show notes at servicechange.com. Sign up for the free Seeker newsletter where you'll get to read I Am Human or Not Who We Think We Are. It's starting the process for the greater research that's coming out with Food for the Archons. And don't forget to like it on Facebook, facebook.com slash truthseeker, T-R-U-T-H-S-E-I-K-E-R. Subscribe on SoundCloud, subscribe on iTunes, check it out on YouTube, subscribe as well. I'm trying to get this information out there as, as, as many ways as I can. I need your help. Like it, share it, help get it out there if you find this information useful because uh, I'm a one-man operation and I'm a no-budget operation at this point in time. So uh, your, your help in sharing this would be greatly appreciated. That's all the time I have. I'm Dennis Nappy II. This has been the Seeker Podcast, where small changes among the masses can have a massive impact around the world. I encourage you to be that change. Never stop questioning and keep an open mind. Thank you. Seekers.